talk about him all the time because after all, he is the head of the church. <laughs> He's the head of the church, but we talk about him less and less. And I'm guilty of it too because we seem to want to preach about other things and it's needed, but we need to preach about Jesus more. Amen. And so, um, are we ready, Missy, over there? All right. Well, we thank you, Father, for your word. We bless you and we honor you. We praise you, Lord. Lord, I ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. And we just love you and we adore you and we lift you up today, Jesus. You are worthy of all honor and praise. And we give you that today and more in Jesus. We give you our, our lives. We give over to you. We give everything that we have. All of the good that we have, we lavish it on you. And we thank and praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And so we want to talk about Jesus. Why don't we go to Matthew? Because it's one of my favorite. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. At this time of the year, I like to go to Matthew. I know I probably should want to do it all the time, but you know how it is when it's Christmas time, you think about the Savior. And so Matthew 16 comes to mind. Hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. It's all I wanted. It's all I wanted. <laughs> A little inside joke. They just ganged up on me. Tried to act like they didn't know what song I was talking about. It's not right. Amen. But I, I'll get them back. We don't know that song. We never heard of it. <laughs> Matthew sixteen thirteen. Hallelujah. And it says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? Oh, I'm sorry. Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And so they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say I am? Hallelujah. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. And so uh, I wasn't going to read 617, but I think I will. And this is Jesus answered to him and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjana, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Hallelujah. And then he talks about uh, building this church on the rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so, you know, that tells me just knowing Jesus, you know, Jesus, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Amen. Hallelujah. You may go through a lot. You may go through the fiery furnace, but Jesus is in there with you. He never leaves us nor forsake us. And and I was reading something about Jesus and it brought something back to my mind about how he never changes. It was saying this same Jesus and and he never changes. And in all of the things that he did through the gospels. Even uh, in Luke 4, when he talked about, you know, uh, Isaiah 61, when he said, uh, uh, let's see, what was that? He was saying, you can have these things now, you know, if you just, and he was uh, presenting to the people the year Jubilee. And I was just thinking about, 
uh, last night and a few days, I was thinking about how much Jesus had really done for us and how he has not changed. He is the same Jesus that healed the sick, healed bar, uh, the blind man, healed the, the crip, cripple, the leper. He is the same Jesus that is with us now. The only difference is we know him by the spirit, but he's, and we know him through his word. And so he presents himself to us now instead of in person because he's in heaven. But he presents himself through his word to us. And this will never, ever change. He lived over 2,000 years ago, but he is present with us even now. And the thing about him is he is so dependable. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will never change on us. He is this same Jesus. Same one. He does the same miracles every single day. You know, if you look at uh, Gloria Copeland's healing schools, you'll see him there. You see him in Pastor Barb's healing schools. He's doing the same thing he did when he walked the earth. The same, this same Jesus does the same thing. He never, ever changes. He'll never change on you. He'll never change on me. He'll be the same. You, we can call on him anytime. You know, any time of the day or night, you can call him and he will answer you. Amen. He will never leave us just stranded. He just won't do that to us. Jesus is so dependable. And some people say, well, that was a story in the Bible and he's, he doesn't do that now. Yes, he does. He does it through his word. Amen. He heals through his word. He'll, he'll manifest himself to us greatly so that we can see the power in his glory. And it's just so wonderful when you sit and you think about what he does for us on a day-to-day basis. And most of the, the time, it goes unnoticed because we're just so used to him coming through for us. And we forget to say, Jesus, thank you. We forget, even though things can be bad sometimes, you know, or we go through the process Jesus is still there. He's not left us. We can still cry out to him and get mercy. He is a merciful God. And he never stops. He never runs out of mercy. He never runs out of grace. He never stops giving us what we need. We just have to go to him. And I'm telling you, Jesus is so, he's so wonderful that we don't even have to ask him sometime because he knows what we need. Amen. Hallelujah. He knows what we need. And he is there for us all the time. Now let's go over to Isaiah 9. Hallelujah. I just want to talk talk about Jesus. And we need to do it more and more. He is the head of the church. Amen. And he is coming back. The soon coming king. He left out of here a king. He's coming back as king. Amen. On a white horse. Hallelujah. Praise God. We already know how he's going to come back. Isaiah 9. And let's see. Verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Consular, and Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Amen. And of the increase of his government, it's verse 7, and the peace will be, there will be no end. Hallelujah. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, 
to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Hallelujah. So let those words, I, I was looking at this scripture and I said, now, what does those words mean? Wonderful, consular, um, the prince of peace. And it, that word wonderful means wonder. He's full of wonder, a sense of awe. Because, uh, you know, when you see that you see and you're aware of the works of Jesus, sometimes you can't say anything. You're just in awe. And he has that effect on everybody. He, he even had that effect on the Pharisees. Although they hated him, but, but he had that effect on him because he was, you know, there was no, he was matchless. I'll say that there was nobody that could do anything that he did. And, you know, unless they were trying to operate and even the witches couldn't keep up with him. Amen. The soothsayers, they all had to come to him eventually. And he had mercy on them. The prostitutes, he didn't separate himself from them. I'm not saying go have dinner with a prostitute. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying he didn't put himself above those people, although he knew who he was. See, when you know who you are, then you don't have any fear. And so he was not afraid to go into those, how can I say, uncharted territories or places that he really didn't come from. He wasn't afraid to go to those places to reach out to those people because he came for the sick. He didn't come for people who don't need him. He came for the sick, although he will save you. But he still came for those kind of people, and he didn't separate himself from them. And he healed them. He had compassion on them. You know, Jesus is so compassionate. When I think of his name, I think of compassion. It's an automatic thing. Amen. When I think of his name, I think of mercy. And that's just, it just all goes together. So that word wonderful means a sense of awe. The word counselor, it says, who gives us personal counsel and direction? He's our counselor. Amen. You get in trouble, he's like your lawyer. Amen. Nobody can beat him. I mean, you know, you don't have to pay a bill. And that's the good thing about him. The Holy Spirit speaks. Uh, Jesus speaks to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit speaks what he says to us, and they can get you out of a lot of trouble. I've known people that plead, just plead the blood, lawyer up, don't be afraid to do it, amen. And Jesus will defend you. He really will. And so it's so good that he judges people by their heart. He's the mighty God, unlimited power. That means he has unlimited. He can do all things. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So he is the mighty God. That we're everlasting father is one who uh, will be with us forever. So he is our father that will never leave us nor forsake us. He will be our father to the end. Even when we mess up. Even when we do things that are not right, he will not throw us to the wolves. He never does that. Amen. But he will be with us till the end because he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is our father, our brother. He is our savior. He is the prince of peace. He is all those things wrapped up in one. Amen. Hallelujah. So the prince of peace, that is the one who brings peace. That possess all understanding to those who well pleases him. Amen. So in other words, Jesus gives peace to those who well please him. To those that go to him in need. 
he never turns people away. Sometimes we don't have peace because we forget to go to the peacemaker. <laughs> Amen. We forget get to go to the prince of peace. And he possesses all understanding. He'll give us all understanding. You know, it's just funny how sometimes we forget about Jesus. We forget to go to him in our time of need. But he gives us, he's the one that gives us victory. He gives us victory. He gives us that opportunity to face the devil. He gives us that power and that authority. And you know, when you, when you know Jesus and you know that he is in us, the hope, the hope of glory, you can fight the enemy knowing that you'll come out victorious. It's like he'll give you that stable force that you need to go in fighting and knowing you're going to hit the devil and come out victorious and not get beat up by the devil. He is not going to let the devil beat his people up. He just doesn't. Amen. He is with us. And the Bible says there's a mighty terrible one. And, and persecutors, our persecutors better be careful because he will slay them. But see, we need to keep him how can I say it, in full authority in our lives. We have to depend on him knowing that he is our victory. Amen? Hallelujah. So who is Jesus? Hallelujah. He's God's gift to the world. Amen. Jesus was the greatest teacher in the world. He was the greatest uh, preacher in the world. He preached. He taught. He led. He was. He had the right... Um, attitude he didn't have an attitude i'll put it like that he was just so but you know what jesus was all about business amen he was all about business but he was the greatest preacher ever the world has ever heard amen the greatest teacher that the world has ever known that was this same jesus and he was even more than that jesus is the husband to the bride i just wrote down some things that I felt like he was. Amen. The husband to the bride. He is a friend to the friendless. A physician to the sick. Psychiatrist to the confused. A banker to the poor. A healer of all sickness. A savior from every every sickness. Every situation. And he is a deliverer. A deliverer of all who are in need. He is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He is the lion from the tribe of Judah. He's the lily of the valley, the alpha and the omega. And that is the beginning and the end. Hallelujah. You know, he's the first and the last. Amen. And there's nobody that can take his place. There's nobody that can say, I'm going to come after Jesus. You won't. Because he is going to be the last. And he is the first, lily of the valley, alpha and omega. The one who was and is and is to come. Hallelujah. That's our Jesus. He is coming again. He's coming for the church. He's coming from a, for a bride. And this is, I think, uh, the whole reason why Jesus uh, is doing what he is. is because he's the head of the church. He left the church in the care of the Holy Spirit and the people that he, that are called. Some are, some are, but he is coming back for a church who is ready to do battle. Amen. 
because right now I believe that we're on the clips of uh, doing spiritual warfare like never before. In other words, I, I know it and I feel it. But I think it's going to be like a real battle that we we're going to go through. Amen. And I think he's he's uh, teaching us and preparing us for that. And so we need to be um, ready and we preparing. We need to prepare ourselves for what God is doing or else what are we doing here? Because God has an agenda and there's some things that he needs to get done. And he's called all of us to do it. Amen. So I believe he is told, he is, uh, talking to us, speaking to our spirits, preparing us and taking us through a process for a time, for such a time as this. Amen. And, and there's going to come a time when he, he just sends his people out. And I think those times are right now. And so we have to be ready. Amen. Hallelujah. And I believe that's why so many people are coming to Christ. Even Muslims, even those people over in China. You seen how many people are coming to Christ, being baptized in any kind of water they can get in. It dirty, it doesn't matter. Because these people can sense um, the timings of God. They can sense what's going on, although they may not even know. But they can sense the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. They can sense the warfare in the atmosphere. They can sense that God has called us out of darkness into the light to do a job for him. And we must prepare. We have to prepare for what's to come. And without fear, because God, you know, he's got his people. He's got his army. We are the army. We are the army of the Lord. If you're looking for the army, this is it. And God has people all over the the world, not just this country, but the world. And those that are with us are more than those that are against us. And those things we have to believe and know because he is coming back for his bride. And he's preparing us also not just for the end time harvest. He's preparing us for um, for the uh, to be his bride and he's coming back. For church without spot or wrinkle. And so I think for what Jesus is expecting to find when he, he comes, we got work to do. And I think there's small things that we have to work on, but still there's, th- there's things. And I think it's mostly in our personality, our attitudes. That's easy to get, but we hold on to that stuff. And those, those are the very things that God cannot use in this end time harvest. He wants a bride that's pure. Amen. He wants a bride that's on her job, a bride that's aware of the battle, aware of what's going on. Amen. Hallelujah. So we need to just be focused on God and not so much what we want, because God will give you things. Those things come. They come along the way. Things that you don't even ask for, God will give them to you. But mainly he wants to He wants to adjust our character and he wants to adjust our thinking, our thought process. Because if you don't think right, you ain't going to act right. You don't act right, God can't use you. Amen. And it's like this. uh, I heard somebody um, saying, I won't say who the pastor was, but it was so true. He was saying, uh, where you think you going doing something for God? Talking like that. Where you think you going doing something for God, you know, thinking like that, 
you know and so we do we need to brush up all of us we need to do whatever it is that god wants us to to do amen and just and don't hold back from god amen don't hold back he is the one who who is highly exalted not us (laughs) he is highly exalted thank you highly exalted amen he is above every name and that name is jesus okay he's the one that turned water into wine these are some other attributes or his character or whatever he is the one who turned the water into wine and i think that was his first miracle that he did yeah it was his first miracle thank you lord and let's see he's the one who walked on the sea of galilee He's the one that caused the blind to see, caused the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, and he raised the dead. Hallelujah. Lazarus come forth in Jesus' name. And Lazarus came forth. Look, whatever Jesus says, it will happen. And that's why it's good to say what he said. Talk like Jesus. Amen. And that's how you get victory. He is the Christ, the son of the living God. The Apostle John said this in John 21, 25. Um, let's turn there. We can read it better than I can say it. John 21. Hallelujah. Yeah. Come here. John 21, verse 25. It says, and there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, and listen to this is what John is saying. If they were written one by one, all the things that Jesus did, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written in it. Amen. He's just that kind of God. Hallelujah. He's done so much for us, and he's consistently doing everything that we need him to do for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Everything that Jesus has done. So Christmas is not just about gifts or celebration. It's not about people, you know. I mean, you know, we're to to love our families and bless them with gifts and that kind of stuff. But we have to keep it in, how can I say it, in its proper place. Because Jesus is the reason for the season. He is the, the one that Christmas is all about. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see. John, let's see. Where am I? John 3.16 says, uh, so God loved the world. And so God loves the world, you know. He gave his only begotten son. He is the only son of God. So in other words, God gave his best. He gave us all that he had. It was his only son. And so all that he had, all that he knew, all that he loved, he gave it to us. Amen. And what did he do? He died for us. He sacrificed his life so that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. John 3.16. We won't go there. We all know the scripture. Amen. So we've been set free. This is another um, attribute of, of uh, 
him going to that cross, we'd been set free. When he went to that cross for us, in exchange, we got freedom. We, we took, he took bondage away from us. Amen. And he gave us freedom from whatever bound us. Whatever was the woman that was bound for 18 years, he just saw her. And he had compassion on her. He didn't want her bound him. He said, woman, you are, thou art loosed. And he loosed her of the bondage. And that's what Jesus does. He frees people of bondage. Amen. Let's see. Am I going to read that? We don't have to go there. Amen. But let's go to uh, 1 John 5. Hallelujah. And we'll get into a little bit about our relationship with, with Jesus. The Prince of Peace, the Almighty God. Hallelujah. We are overcomers. Amen. He set us free out of bondage because, and it's all because of Jesus. And he did it so that we could live as overcomers. Amen. So first John 5, 4. Let's see. I think that's it. Or is it? First John 5, 4. Yeah. And it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Hallelujah. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Amen. So our faith is the victory that we receive from from uh, Jesus. He, you know, he's given all of us the measure of faith. And if you uh, continue to feed that faith. It'll grow and you'll get victory over every evil thing that comes toward you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And, you know, I think we need to live a life of repentance. Amen. Amen. Uh, A life of uh, responsibility for self-government. Amen. We are responsible. Amen. And we're responsible for our personal relationship with God, with Jesus. See, once we know and understand that Jesus is on the inside, living on the inside of us, relationship is easy. It comes easy because we know that he is in us and he's doing a great work on the inside of us. You know, it's not all just to have Jesus on the inside of you. Amen. But this is to change us so that when we come up against hard times or different situations, it don't take us under. Because we have Jesus on the inside of us. And and he's uh, always coaching us and, and, you know, trying to help us to not go under. But we don't listen to him all the time. Amen. And sometimes we don't hear that still small voice of the Holy Spirit because we don't want to listen. Amen. We, we need to pray in tongues to keep that, that voice and that word alive on the inside of us. And so when we do speak, the roar should come out. Amen. Hallelujah. The roar of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. But, you know, sometimes we just don't do it. But I think we're moving into times now, this new era that we're in. I think we're moving into times where we listen more to the Holy Spirit, that we listen more, that we go to Jesus more. We go to God as the Father. We know him more personally as our Father. Jesus as our Savior, the conquering hero that he is on the inside of us. We're knowing him better. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's see. Did we ever, I don't think I ever read First John 5. 
I read that. I don't think, I didn't think so. Okay. Uh, let's see. Where do I want to read? Well, let's, I'll do, I'll do four again and then I'll go into five. And it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. And so when I read this, it reads like we need to know because a lot of people don't know. Amen. Even though they're born again, they don't know that. They don't know who Jesus is. Amen. They don't know that he's alive in us. Hallelujah. And that we can do exploits in his name and speak his words and see things happen. You know, it gives us the victory, the courage, the power, the authority. We have all those things because he lives inside of us. And a lot of people don't know it. Let's go to six. This is he who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit who bears witness because the spirit is truth. Hallelujah. The spirit of truth. And it says in seven, for there are three that bear witness in heaven. The father, the word, and the Holy Spirit. The word being Jesus. And these three are one. Amen. Hallelujah. And there are three that bear witness on earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. And if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. Hallelujah. See, there's all it is the the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Everybody's working for us. Excuse me. Everybody is working for us. Everybody is working to keep us afloat, if I can say that, or keep us in the love of God. And what is this for? So that we can get our needs met, so that we can trust in God, so that we can build and so that we can um, become better people. You know, because what we want to see ultimately and what God wants to see is his image in us. He wants us to be like him. Amen. But we need to do the necessary things, the self-government. We need to be uh, responsible for that so that we can be who God called us to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see. And let's go to, I want to finish this. Uh, Ten. And he who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. See, that? there's that inner witness. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. So we have eternal life living on the inside of us. That's what this is saying. It can't get any better than that. Amen. But we seem to forget it every day. Amen. We need to remember these things. Hallelujah. It says, he who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son of God does not have life. And these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God, um, that you may know 
that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Lord, in the name of the son of God. So it says continue to believe and that and that knowing when you believe it, that knowing gives us confidence. Amen. Confidence in God. Verse 14 says now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Hallelujah. See, when you know he's in you, I'm just going back and I'm just trying to make this make sense. Because we can know it from here, but we don't know it in here and in here. But once we understand that Christ is in us, he is our hope with, uh, let's see. Our hope will never dry up or run cold. We'll never lose it because he is in us forever. And so when we understand and know that, we'll go to him more readily with our needs to get them met. Is that making sense? Oh, I forgot about this side of the room. (laughs) Sorry about that. It's people over here. And so, you know, I'm just. So anyway, what I'm saying is we shouldn't lose hope. We have no reason to lose hope because the hope is secured on the inside of us. How can you lose hope? See, when we get that knowledge, when we could get that knowledge that Christ is in us, the hope should never leave. It should never fade. It should always stay strong so that we know that we know that we know that God is with us. He is for us. He's never leaving us. He haven't left us. I mean, on the meanest day. He's in there. Amen. And so we have to respect that, know that, and understand that he is not leaving us. Amen. And so I think when we understand these things, we will more readily go to him to get our needs met. I hope that makes sense. I'm I'm sure it does. And so because we know for a certainty That he is in us and he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he is for us. He is not against us. He is for us. And there's nothing he won't do to um, unravel some of the confusing things or the, the mess, the mess that sometimes our lives get entangled with. He's there to straighten all this stuff out. And he can do it. But if we try to figure out how he's going to do it, then we can hold things up. Amen. We need to just trust. Knowing that he's in there. Knowing that he's for us. Knowing that he loves us. He is there to unravel all things that may be confusing us or holding us back. But he has not left any of us. Let's go to Romans 8. Hallelujah. It's good to know he is there and he's not going anywhere. He is not going anywhere. Praise God. Now we have to leave some kind of living alone. I'm not, I'm just going to say we can't live any kind of way with that treasure living on the inside of us. But you know what happens? We usually change. We usually let it go because we want to. We want to let these things go, things that are not good. You know, these things of the flesh. We want to let them go because we know that they don't avail us anything. And we know that Christ is not pleased. Amen. Because he gives his peace to those that please him. Amen. 
So let's see. Romans 8. Let's see. 37. It's a familiar. <clears throat> a familiar. Uh, and it says, yet in all these things, we're more than conquerors. Through him who loves us in all these things. Hallelujah. Let, let's see. Let's go back up because I want to read. Um, let's read. Well, let's just go up to 31 because it talks about God's everlasting love. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? And he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not, um, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not, with him also freely give us all things. And it says in 33, it says, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. Amen. None of us did it. He did it. So why do we judge? <clears throat> we have no right to judge. Because God does that. And it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Oh, did I? I think I missed something. 34. It says, and who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of of God, who also makes intercession for us? It says, who shall separate us from the love of God? Or for the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. Or distress, no. Or persecution, no. Or famine, no. Or nakedness, or peril. Or the sword, no. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long, and we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, all these things, (laughs) the devil is like he comes up with all this stuff, but it does no good. Because it can't separate us from God. He can make, you know, this is what the devil, he tries to make you think you separated from God. He wants to make you think God doesn't care. He wants you to think Jesus has left you because you made some mistakes. But he's a liar. Amen. We don't live by how we feel. We live by faith, the faith of God. We live by the, the Christ that's in us. And we know that he is there because he promised us never to leave. Amen. So the Christ in us gives us our hope that we can do all things and that we are forgiven. Amen. We're forgiven. Amen. And it says nobody else has a right to judge us because they didn't die for us. Christ did. You know, nobody else has the right to constrain us. Amen. Nobody but Christ. Amen. And so we need to learn to respect that. And I think that comes in maturity, Christian maturity. So yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. In other words, we won't fail. He won't let us fail. For I am persuaded, verse 38, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Now, that covers everything. 
<laughs> and he says he's persuaded. Amen. And we need to be persuaded too. Because if you have Christ living on the inside of us and he's uh, giving us everything that we need and he he's died so that we can given us the keys to the kingdom and he's taught us how to use these keys and he's taught us how to lean on him and not X him out. But Christ is teaching us day by day how to live uh, and not just live any kind of way, but live victoriously. In other words, we need to live like we know that Christ is helping us, that he's our helper, that he's our sustainer, that he's the one that does all things and makes all things right. And so we need to live like we know. And when we do, it says here in 38 again, it says, for I am persuaded or we are persuaded that neither death nor life. See, death already has tried to separate us from his love. It didn't work. Amen. Life can't, life has gotten real bad or things happen, but that couldn't separate us. Angels or principalities nor powers, nothing can separate us. Things present, things past, your past, your bad past, whatever it is, it can't separate you from the love of God. And don't let the devil make you think it can because it, he is not leaving you. Amen. He'll never forsake. He's not a liar. He tells the truth. The, the, the word is truth. Verse 39 says, for height, um, nor height, nor death, you know, you know, no matter how much you're separated from him or you feel separated or if you leave him, it don't work either because he's going to follow you. He'll find you there. How many of you have tried? Don't work. Amen. Hallelujah. Nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So this is saying that, look, the devil cannot separate you from Christ. He'll make you think he can. He doesn't have that kind of power. He just does not. He doesn't have that kind of power. Nobody has that kind of power that they can separate you from his love or separate you from him. He's he's a friend that sticks closer. He's um, ever present. He's always with you. And yes, sometimes he gets, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit really gets sometimes disgusted. I shouldn't. Maybe that's not the right word or disappointed in what we do sometimes. But guess what? Jesus died for you to repent and wipe the slate clean. And it's not Jesus is not like people. When he forgives, he forgives. And he don't remember it no more. He can't. He can't he can't remember it. Because he would nullify his word if he tried to he can't remember it. It's gone. When you repent, it's gone. Amen. Now I I think I'm one that think a lot of times we need to go to people we offend. We do. And a lot of people when they hit God, they don't they don't want to do that because it's pride. But I think at some point we need to, you know, it depends on the, the situation. 
but I think we should humble ourselves because that's part of the, the God process is to humble yourself. Amen. Toward man. Because if you're too prideful for, for man, you're too prideful for God too. And so as we learn along the way, we learn to do these things. Amen. And I'm not talking about every situation, but some situations we have to. Amen. And I know God has told a lot of people to do it, but they refuse. Amen. And so we need to, and in this, that's when you need to look at your heart. Amen. And so God is always trying to establish better on the inside of us, teaching us, guiding us, you know, never letting us down, allowing us to understand and know his word and and getting that uh, confidence in him that he is with us and he will never leave us. He wants you to have the best. Why? Because you're the best. Amen. You're the best to him. You know, man is the best and the, the best creation, the best thing that Jesus ever created, God ever created. Amen. Go back to, to Genesis. He created the heavens, the earth. He created uh, animals, you know, waters, the lakes, the darkness. He called things out of darkness and into light. That creative let that came out of his mouth created all things. But when he got to the human being, to the man and woman, he said, this is the best thing that he ever did. <laughs> Amen. Because God likes company. He likes, uh, he created us for him. I'll put it like that. He created us for him. And so we're the best thing that ever happened to him, just like he's the best thing that ever happened to us. And although, amen, and although man breached that, he still found a way to give us, I look at it like a little bridge. We got separated, you know, with the apple or whatever fruit it was. All I know, all I know is it was some fruit and a tree and she did it anyway. So, you know, and so even though he did that and then came Cain and Abel and, and that situation, God still fixed it because, you know, because Jesus came and he fixed it. It's nothing too bad that Jesus can't fix. Amen. He fixed that anyway. And so, amen. And so we need to understand and know the depths of the love of God. And I think that's what verse 38 and 39 is talking about. You know, it's like, what depths? Amen. I mean, because God goes over and above. Amen. And the word describes um, a person who is super victorious in verse, I think, in verse 38. And they're just assessing everything, saying, you know, (laughs) wow, look at this. The depths, the height, the length. Who can measure the love of God? I just want to read it one more time because I like it. Verse, <laughs> I won't put you through. For, well, I, I will. And it says, I think you want to hear it too. It says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present or things to come nor height nor death nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. 
Hallelujah. So it cannot be measured. Amen. Because it's so, so long and so deep and so wide. And so we don't really know. We don't know the depths in which God loves us. We really don't. We're, we're finding out, uh, day by day. Amen. But Jesus causes us not to fail and he causes us to overcome and to overcome all the attacks of the enemy. Okay, so we talk about Jesus being the Prince of Peace. Let's go to Luke 2. And you know, during this Christmas season, I plan to just give more thanks. I've been doing that Thanksgiving, you know, just thanking God more. It's so much to thank him for. What did I say? Luke 2. And so we need, but you know what, I'm not just doing this because it's the holiday. This is going to be a new lifestyle for me. It really is. Uh, I'm going to do it more. Amen. Now, I'm not going to do it in the mall like somebody (laughs) did it in the store and they called security on them. They said, I just got to give out a hallelujah. And they, you know, I mean, uh, it's nothing wrong with it, but I think you can keep it low. I would, because <laughs> I don't want nobody to come and get me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was giving, who was that? Did you know about that? Say, I was just giving praise to the Lord. They, you know, they praised her all right. Did anybody know about that? Dang, I thought I thought I saw that on Facebook somewhere. And uh, she didn't get what she thought, you know. And I, I don't remember the end. Of, I don't remember everything, but I know it was it was funny. Okay, okay. Um, Luke two eleven. I'm not looking to get into any trouble. It says, "For there is born to us or to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger." And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. We're to walk in peace. This is the Jesus is the prince of peace and he leaves peace, I think, on the inside of every man. And back in these days, I think he caused peace. Just the, the just the news of this birth of this baby brought peace, brought joy, it brought everything. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we need to allow that same spirit of peace and joy to overtake us and over over just overflow on the inside of us because of what Jesus is still doing. It's like this. He has the same power that he had in that manger. That joy and that peace that was brought, excuse me, <clears throat> that was brought, that he brought that whole town. There was no room in the inn and people hated that. And, you know, I think people worked together to try to uh, accommodate him, even though it was in a, in a manger, in a, in a stall, whatever you want to call it. But he still brought peace and joy, and, and there was gifts brought in to him. People knew that there was something different. 
that something was happening that was glorious. Amen. And he is still glorious. Hallelujah. And we're to walk in peace with everybody. Amen. Jesus was the Prince of Peace. He walked in peace with everybody. Now, everybody didn't like him. They didn't walk in peace, but he wasn't responsible for that. He was responsible for himself, you know, self-government. And so he was peaceful with all people. Now, that word peace means freedom from disturbance, tranquility, calm, a state, uh, let's see, a state of no war. I'll put it like that. No war, only peace. Hallelujah. And this is where you can always find Jesus. It's a, a, a calmness that's on him and he transfers that to us when we trust him amen and so we need to walk in that at all times or at least try i know i do we try to walk in that all the time hallelujah hallelujah resolution and restitution that's all in peace amen peace is the highest glory that you can give god hallelujah the highest good afforded to man is peace it's like you would think it would be something else but it's peace amen because whereas there's peace there's love joy and the holy ghost amen so you can't have that without all of this i'm gonna sit down you can't have all of that without all of this amen matthew 5 let's go there i'm almost done I just want to talk about the Lord because I think it's appropriate. Hallelujah. And we need to do it more. Okay, let's see. Matthew 5, verse 9. Do I have that? 5, verse 9. And it says here, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Amen. You are a son of God. Why? Because you bring peace. You bring the word. You share the word. You're constantly looking for the harvest. You know, it's like God send me. I'm the one that you want to send. Amen. And so you are blessed because you are a peacemaker. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Just wanted to read that. Amen. But we are blessed because we make peace. We're not blessed when we push up wrong things. Or instigators, they're not blessed. Amen. God don't like, he's not in that stuff. Amen. Because peace is the highest thing that's afforded to man that we can give to God. I thank you, Father. I praise you. All that comes from peace. From a peaceful spirit. Amen. You can't get that out of a confused spirit. It's just no way. Amen. So Jesus is called a supreme peacemaker. And his. Uh, okay. We're sons of God. I don't know if I read that part. Did I read that? Okay. And so. Uh, let's see. We're to follow Jesus's example. Of being a supreme peacemaker. Amen. Because he is the ultimate. There's nothing peaceful. Um, 
how can I put that? There's no peace outside of him or more. There's, you can find no more peace than being inside of Christ. Amen. Peace rules in other, in other words. Mature saints are in peace. Amen. Fleshly and immature saints cannot rule. They don't rule because there's no peace. See, peace is what rules. The umpire says strike or out, but he does that because of peace. Amen. If there's no peace, then the umpire don't show up. Hallelujah. Did I say that right? Peace is a ministry. It really is. Amen. So let peace rule in your in your life. It's a ministry. And peace comes from on the inside of us. Hallelujah. It's nothing that you can just find and put in your pocket and say, yeah, I'm going to do this. It has to come from within. And we have to allow God to work that on the inside of us and get it established on the inside. Amen. Hallelujah. Peace is not an issue. Because it stands righteously with God. Amen. It's just like that's it's kind of to me like it's just. I don't know, status quo or the way things just ought to be. And you know what I'm saying? It's not a big deal, although it is because it comes from God and he is the peacemaker ultimately. But in other words, I'm trying to say we need to uh, carry peace around in us just naturally. Amen. Because if we have Christ in us, we have we need to develop that peace. Let him Put peace on the inside of us. Amen. So peace stands righteously with God. It's not an issue. I hope that makes sense. It makes sense to me. Amen. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. I just got a few more scriptures. No, I do. I got more than one more. (laughs) Hallelujah. I thought she just had one more. No, I got some more. Amen. Jesus walked in love toward everyone and he was peace. He had a peaceable attitude. Amen. Now, this is the thing that I believe God is showing me. His Jesus's attitude displayed. um, Let me think. His attitude displayed peace. You know what I'm saying? It's like when he walked. He, he walked with that peaceful attitude, and that's the way we should do. We shouldn't walk and say we have peace, and we just all over the place with confusion. Okay, so confusion takes, takes away the peace. So Jesus was a supreme uh, peacemaker because he didn't have that confusion following him around. That's what I'm getting. He had peace, amen. Because peace stands righteously with God. So he walked in love. Therefore, he walked in peace. And his attitude displayed the peace. Did I get that right? His attitude displayed peace, love, and joy. And when we walk upright before the Lord and before men, our attitudes should display peace, love, and joy. Now, I know it don't all the time, but we working on it, right? Amen. Let's go First Corinthians 13. 
verse 4. The devil didn't even want me to say that. Because he don't want peace. He don't like peace. Like confusion. So let's see. First, first Corinthians 13 verse 4. That's what I'm trying to say. Love suffers long and is kind. Well, I want to read the number one. I wrote down four, but I want to go to one. This is though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. I have become sound, like sounding brass or clanging cymbals. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and know, you know, have all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. This says I'm bankrupt. That's what the some versions say. You're bankrupt. Verse three says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So then verse 4 says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. And it is not puffed up. And we just need to repent. It says, does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but does rejoice in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes for all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. And whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. And when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood as a child and I thought as a child. But when I am a man, I was I put away childish things. In other words, grow up mature Christians. And it says, for now we see in a mirror dimly or in a glass dimly. In other words, we have a blurred reflection of glass. Amen. And we're looking at that for our identity. Hallelujah. It says, um, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. And now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, and these three. But the greatest one is love. Amen. So I think if you walk in love, you walk in peace. Or if you walk in peace, you walk in love. I think the two go hand in hand. Amen. And then uh, 14, it says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may, I think it says, prophesy yeah prophesy hallelujah and then i'm not going to go any further but we know what it means to walk in love and i'm telling you god just has to teach us sometimes amen because we forget amen so love endures long and it is patient and kind and it's never envious or jealous it's not boastful or vainglory amen and it endures everything Love never fails. Sometimes you just want to cut up, 
or, or you know, do whatever. You know, like, but love never fails. <laughs> choose the choose the better. Love never fails. Amen. And when you practice love by faith and refuse to seek your own way, God works on your behalf. When you just make a decision to walk in love. Amen. God will not allow evil to prevail you. He just won't do it. Amen. Let's go to First Chronicle. First Chronicle 16. Yeah, I'm almost done. But, you know, we need to talk about Jesus all day long. And I want to hear that song again. Before you forget you have it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Which one? We got a lot of joy songs. (laughs) And she had help from her friends in Detroit. But I don't get. I don't get that. Yeah, the saga continues. (laughs) Let's see. Okay, let me get series first, first chronicle 16. And let's see, 22. Hallelujah. And it says here, yes, he rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonder among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods. For all the gods, that's a small g, of the people are idols. But the Lord made the heavens honor the majesty Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give to the Lord, O families of the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Let's see, how far am I going here? I think I went to 28. I'll go, I'll finish it. Give to the Lord the glory is due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Hallelujah. In the beauty of his holiness. Amen. Because holiness is beautiful. Amen. Especially the holiness of Jesus. No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. Why? Because God is has divine protection protecting us, protecting his people. See, we, we carry something... Uh, valuable on the inside of us and so that value that's on carrying on the inside of us protects us amen it protects us there's a protection and then you got all this other word all this other scripture that works along with it to help us to understand and not forget that god is with us amen but god protects his anointed people We carry Christ on the inside of us, so we are valuable. Amen. So Jesus is peace, and he is love. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's go back to um, 1 Corinthians 13. I read that, right? About love. 
Okay, y'all just saying that. Okay. Okay. I trust you. Amen. So it says here that, you know, I think I did read that. Uh, you're bankrupt if you don't have love but have everything else. And y'all don't want to hear it no more, huh? Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, okay. So love means to cure. Um, or to, I'm sorry, love, the definition of love is to care for affectionately. So see, there's some affection shown in true love. Amen. Agape love shows affection. Amen. Uh, this, this love that is not perfected or put on, well, I'll put it like the superficial love is not affectionate. I'm going to stay nice. It's not affectionate. But the agape love shows affection. Uh, sorry. Are y'all here? Okay. I didn't damage this. And I didn't drop this mic either. Okay. So love to, to care affectionately is agape love. To cherish is agape love. To take pleasure in or have a personal attachment to is also how you show love. Amen. And Jesus asked Peter three times if he had agape love. This is really what he was asking him. He was saying, Peter, who do you think I am? And who do who does these other people say I am? Who? And he said, you are the Christ. But some kind of way in his answer to Christ, he didn't detect the, the agape love. Because you can tell, well, it's John twenty-one fifteen. Y'all read it when you go home, okay? And the way he answered um, Jesus, it was like he was just trying to get him off of his back. Oh, God, you know. That's what he said. Oh, God, you know. And then Jesus asked him three times, and he says, you're the son of Christ. You're the son of the living God. And so what that told Jesus is he didn't detect that that affection that was on it should be on the inside of every heart of man. And so it was no affection there. It was a superficial love. But it also said in my side notes, it says because the Holy Spirit hadn't had a chance to teach him what agape love is. So in other words, we have to be taught by the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit don't teach us, we don't know. Amen. Because Simon Peter didn't know. But it says in the side notes that he did find out. And then remember upon his rock, he was going to build a church. And it was because he found out. We all have to find out. Paul was on a uh a mission to find out um, what that secret mystery was, and it was always it was on the inside of him all along. It was Christ in him, the hope of glory. But he went on a mission to find that out. We need to find these things out for ourselves, and I don't mean just by knowing it or reading it, but we need to experience these truths. You know, you know what I'm saying? And because I believe, I believe that's what makes us who we are. 
And this is what causes us to be victorious. This is what causes us to, to slay the, the enemy and take the head off of the giants. These things, this knowing, knowing Christ and who he is inside of us and also knowing what value it is to know, to have his, um, let me see, I don't want to mess you up, but knowing the value of what's been placed on the inside of us and how to get the maximum out of it. Does that mean we need to be taught? It's, this is not something that you can just say, okay, I know this. I, we have to be taught. But I tell you one thing. Once we experience these things and once we understand and we know from experiencing what's on the inside of us and experiencing the power and the glory uh, that's that's made available to us, we will never forget it. And I think that's why that scripture that we read that says we the death and the length and the height, this is how we learn. We experience that. We experience it from firsthand knowledge, not just read. You just can't read that and know. Because that's why Paul was just learning these things. You just can't learn them because mama knew it or daddy knew it. You know, we learn these things from experience and going through a process, the process everybody hates. I don't like it either. But I know I have victory. I know I'm coming out better than when I went in. Because not only do you get uh, delivered, healed, and set free, but you come out smelling not like smoke and smelling more like Christ. Hallelujah. And you have victory. You know you have. It's good when you know you got victory. And then and then I remember a time in my life, thank you, when I was guessing. Now I know. I know I have victory. But I had to go through some things. So these things are not just, you know, we got to be taught these things. You have to go through some things to, to not everything. Some things we can learn. By others' mistakes, by reading the word, and by allowing the word to uh, renew our minds. But and then there's some things we have to experience, and I think to know the love of Christ, we have to experience that. Amen. And then no devil can lie. No, no devil can take that away from us. So God is peace, and God is love, and He is also joy, because it, it to me. It goes hand in hand. Amen. Because of Jesus, we live and move and have our being. Amen. We're free indeed. He has freed us. Why? Because we are in him. In him, we move, live, and have our being. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He never changes, and that's the good thing about Jesus. You know, you don't go to him one day. And and he says, uh, I moved or I'm different, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm not the same person. He don't do us like that. You, you, you can always find him. And I'm going to tell you something. He loves you. He loves you. Yeah, we've been naughty. But if you repent, he loves you if you don't. 
And that doesn't mean things will work out good. But when you repent, because we're Christians, I mean, it's all like brand new. And there's nothing else you had. You have done enough. Just keep, stay with him. Stay in the gospel ship. How about that? Let's go way back. I'm tired. <laughs> stay in the gospel ship. Amen. And don't get out. Stay in the gospel ship where it's safe. Amen. It's not about who's in there with you or them, that, and they. It's not about that. It's about Christ in you, having Christ in your life and being obedient to him. Being in the place where you're supposed to be, where you were mandated to be. And, and continually preparing for what's to come. You know, that scripture uh, is left with me all the time. When the Son of God comes, I think it's the Son of God comes, will he find faith? And that's all he's preparing us to do. He's preparing us to stand and not quit. Don't give up. Amen. And this is the season where it's, you got to fight to stand because everybody want to quit. You ain't special. Amen. It ain't just you. But we know that there's nothing on the other side of, of what we're doing unless Christ is with you. You go on the other side without him and there's none but the world. And we don't need that. But you, we're going to stay with the gospel ship, continue to do what God tells us to do. Christ in us is the hope of glory. and He's brought joy to this world. I want to hear my song again. Amen. But we're going to uh, stop and just rejoice and be thankful for Christ. Amen. Be thankful. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for not only the promises of God, but we thank you that Christ is in us. And he is the hope. As long as we have him, we never lose hope. And we will always exalt him and exalt his holy name. We will always lift him up because we know how important that is. And we do thank and praise you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We love you and we thank you, Father. And I just want to pray for my family, Lord. I just pray for my family to um, get back home safely, nothing missing, nothing broken. Father, I just pray um, I bind um, near misses by aircraft. And, Father, I thank you for a, a safe landing. In the name of Jesus. And uh, Father, we pray for Diane and we thank you for safe travels. We just bless and Miss Jan. We pray for Miss Jan, Lord God. And Father, we bind accidents and destruction over her and we thank you for a, a safe return trip home. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and praise God. Hallelujah.